This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use and provides general information only and does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs. BT Investment Talk by BT Investment Solutions is a monthly podcast produced exclusively for Australian financial advisors. Our investment experts, together with some of the world's leading fund managers, will provide thought leadership on a wide range of investment topics. Investment Talk is all about looking beyond the numbers, helping advisors cut through the noise, enabling them to have meaningful investment and portfolio construction conversations with their clients. Hello and welcome to BT Invest Talk. I'm Tim Mugglestone, Investment Specialist with the BT Investments team. For today's episode, I'm fortunate to be joined by Yujo Chan, Portfolio Manager in the BT Income and Alternatives team. Yujo is responsible for the day-to-day management of our fixed income and alternative portfolios uh, and brings a wealth of experience with 17 years in the investment management industry. Welcome, Yujo. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having us. No worries. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm really keen to, to get into our conversation. Um, now, over the course of the podcast, I'm keen to dive uh, into the alternatives asset class uh, and how it's developed over the past decade, um, while also looking at potentially you know, how best to incorporate this rather unique asset class in a portfolio construction sense. D- does that sound okay to you? No, that's perfect. And I think that's going to be a very good discussion ahead. Now, as an asset class, alternatives is, is probably the most elusive uh, in terms of a general market understanding. So, so maybe the best starting point um, would be to provide a bit of a description at a high level of the asset class. And given market and advisor experience uh, since the GFC, uh, maybe if you can touch on some of the recent developments and changes that have occurred in the asset class. Absolutely, Tim. I think yeah, the best place to start uh, firstly is to define what we exactly mean by alternatives. As you can probably understand, there are many definitions in the market out there. Um, for us, alternatives is an investment which gives a differentiated risk and return profile relative to the traditional asset classes such as equities and bonds. So whilst the underlying securities held within the alternatives portfolio can be and will be in equities, fixed income, currencies, etc., the structuring, the implementation, and the investment techniques that accompany them will typically generate a unique and differentiated outcome. So I think that's very dif- uh, important to understand that uh, when we consider alternatives. Now, over time, no doubt the asset class has been a long-standing um, uh, asset class in the market. And over time, the, differentiated, the different facets associated with the asset class has no doubt changed. But first and foremost, I think we have noted and increased transparency within the sector. So if you recall, uh, pre-GFC, many investors received outcomes uh, outside of the expectations. And and as a result, many investors were concerned about the opaqueness of these investments. Mm -hmm. Since then, managers have proactively increased the engagement with investors to increase the transparency. And of course, relative uh, to before, this is a step in the right direction. But one thing to do to do the, to do note, however, is that um, it is still relatively less than compared to traditional asset class offerings. Now, secondly, fees is an important consideration. Fees continue to reduce over time, and upcoming managers in this space are much more competitive now when it comes to pricing than in prior period, periods prior to the global financial crisis, where it was uncommon to see performance fees embedded alongside a management fee. The other thing we noticed is liquidity. Now, liquidity has been an important aspect uh, amongst the investment community. So to keep pricing low, we've seen managers opted to use traditional securities in the public markets, 
which means the liquidity profile of the alternatives asset class has now substantially improved. Uh, and lastly, a key development that we've also noticed is the increased understanding among investors uh, on this particular asset class. It's been almost uh, more than 12 years since the, uh, the GFC has occurred and managers we've seen have come and gone and investors have been able to observe the return streams of different types of alternative investments prior and during the post-market sell-off. And as a result of that, many have gained a much better understanding of the payoff structures associated with the asset class by looking at the historical returns. Perfect. Th thanks for that. I think it is. Um, it really is just useful to get an understanding of how the asset class has developed. Um, because, you know, as you mentioned, there have been a number of hurdles um, that advisors have typically faced, especially in the last 10 years, um, when assessing alternative products available to the market. Um, historically, the issues around fees, liquidity, um, they have, you know, often caused advisors to steer clear of, of further diversifying their portfolios. Um, now, one of the strengths of our team um, is our ability to, you know, leverage the roughly $46 billion that we manage as at December. Um, but leverage that those funds to get access to unique investment strategies uh, rather than using off-the-shelf solutions. Um, so, Ujo, how does this, how does the BTIS approach um, to alternatives differ from other retail offerings that, that you look at in the market? Sure. There's probably a couple of things to note here, and I understand it is difficult for advisors to build appropriate portfolios within the alternatives sector. And the key issue to note is that the retail offerings for advisors in the market are very constrained and concentrated in one or two subcategories, namely macro and trend following, which in most cases are not customizable at all uh, from the perspective of a risk return as you are investing in a pooled retail vehicle. Now, in contrast to this, uh, at BTIS, we, we take a more institutional approach where we have access to over 100 managers and strategies, which give us an immense amount of choice. Choice, not just in which strategies are appropriate, but as to what fees we pay, what strategies we pick, and from multiple managers we, that we can select from. Our approach um, is to provide a differentiated stream of risk and return, which results in diversification, particularly from equity risk, as mentioned previously. So first and foremost, it is critical that we define the universe of strategies that we will that which will form the basis of our allocation based on the diversification mandate. From this point, we then conduct manager due diligence with a clear aim to find specialist managers which have a history and a clear competitive, competitive advantage in delivering the return we expect. And of course, ones that we have a high degree of conviction that this persistence of returns will continue in the foreseeable future then we will only bring in our highest conviction offerings together and try to figure out if and how they best all fit together to ensure that we increase our probabilities of meeting our risk and return objectives. And post this, no doubt, we will continuously monitor the outcome of the managers to ensure that the returns that they are gener generating are meeting our risk and return expectations. Okay, so there is clearly some serious depth in, in terms of the research and, and rigor behind your process. Um, what could be worthwhile would be to give us some additional insights into the um, specific solutions implemented within your alternative sleeve. Uh, I know that the team have just launched the BT Diversified Alternatives Fund. Uh, so maybe if you could shed some light on, on this portfolio and, and how it differs from other solutions available. 
Now, the strategy itself uh, encompasses three underlying managers, and within uh, the managers as a holistic approach, there are 12 underlying strategies that may include macroeconomic, hedge fund risk, premia, and, and volatility risk premia. So these are some of the examples of, of those 12 underlying strategies. Now, it is my observation that there are very few diversified offerings currently which have the lineup and, and breadth of strategies as they are generally not accessible within the retail space. Uh, so definitely, this is very much institutional only. The other thing I would note is that the liquidity and fee structures are very much aligned to what advisors prefer. Um, so this is an important consideration. And lastly, we here at the um, BTIS Alternatives team monitor and have direct dialogue with each of the managers to make changes where appropriate. And I, I think that the last point there is really is important in terms of the ongoing monitoring of, of these portfolios when you look at it as a you know the total portfolio construction perspective. Um, so making sure that we are continuously looking through these portfolios and whether they are performing. Um, now, now I understand, obviously, it's, it's easy to talk about the approach at a, a high level, um, but I, I do think that advisors uh, can tend to get bogged down in, in some of the technical jargon um, that comes around discussing these uh, different strategies. I know you mentioned uh, you know, volatility risk premium and some of the other risk premiums before, um, but do, from your perspective, do you think we're making these strategies more complicated? Than they actually are. Like, are you able to explain? Like, how would you explain this to an end client? Sure. I think it's important to to put aside the the labeling because uh, I think the starting point will be to to have a better understanding of why a return profile exists. So now it may be due to market structure, it may be due to behavioral biases, or it may be due to the provision of liquidity. The notion is the basis of the risk, this is the notion of the basis of the alternative risk premium as a class. So if logically you can't figure out why the strategy should make money over the longer term, then chances are it may be something that you may not want to own in, to begin with. So a quick exa example, merger arbitrage. This is a strategy that stems from historical observations that the company being acquired sees its share price appreciate over time uh, relative to the company prior to the acquisition. So generally, the long-only investors like traditional equity fund managers, which conduct fundamental an analysis, cannot price this event uh, adequately. So what they do is they will typically sell these to hedge fund investors who are happy to take on this risk. Awesome. So you can very much break down the, these individual strategies. Uh, and you know, as long as they make sense as to why they would make money in the long run, um, you can look to include them. Um, but ch changing kind of tact in terms of how we look at um, alternatives, obviously there are a number of strategies uh, available to the BTIS team. Um, how do you think we should be incorporating alternatives at a, a portfolio construction level? Um, should we be looking to use them as the, the main drivers of alpha within the portfolio or are they better suited to diversifying away risk? So I think this is a personal choice, Tim, for allocations depending on how the portfolio that is already put in place. However, for us, we believe this asset class should combine strategies which are not even seen in any other traditional exposure and thus provide a payoff in different times and therefore reduce the overall risk within the portfolio. So we use this as a lever to offer diversification for the existing portfolios, but this diversification must pay for itself, hence the cash plus investment objective that we have set for this asset class. Yep, so yeah, very, very much a useful tool at a portfolio construction level. Um, now, Ujo, we, we've obviously covered quite a bit of um, information today 
however, before we kind of come to the end of the podcast, uh, are there any final thoughts that you have around alternatives that you'd want to touch on? Absolutely. I think, look, the alternative portfolio is not here to replace your traditional bond and equities portfolio. It, it serves as another lever for advisors to diversify away from your traditional asset classes. Uh, and hence, we are hoping that this serves the purpose within a multi-manager and core series offering within BT, as it creates a, another opportunity and lever to diversify your entire um, portfolio in its own right. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you. You're doing it. That's a great point to, to end on. Um, just want to say again, thank you so much for your time and your insights today. I'm very excited to see the, the continued developments uh, of the alternative sleeve. Um, now, thank you all for listening. If, if you would like more information on our solutions, you can head to our website, bt.com.au forward slash BTIS. Uh, and as always, if you have any questions or feedback, please do not hesitate to reach out. Thank you. Thank you.